Hey guys, welcome to Women Up, a series that aims to start conversations and celebrate extraordinary women amongst other things. And joining me today are two very special ladies, Dr. Nivedita Manukaran, who is a dermatologist and a pineriologist. She now lives in Sydney in Australia and she is a clinician in sexual and reproductive health and HIV medicine. She is trained by Family Planning Australia and is very keen to give back what she didn't get as a youngster, which is sex education, and uses her social media platforms to do that. And I also have Ashna Bora from Sex Ed India, which is a youth-led platform. And it's extremely interesting. There are, I think, 10 people who are running this. Am I right, Ashna? Nine. Nine people who, uh, nine people who are re- uh, running this. Eight of whom are girls. One is a guy. And uh, they use this platform to uh, educate youngsters on um, sex education, something that they didn't get in their school. So clearly our uh, sex education curriculum is still lacking in schools. Hi girls. Hello. Hi Rashi. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. And hi, Ashna. Hi. Amazing. I'm going to jump right in and ask you why you guys started this. What prompted it? I mean, we all know that there is a a gaping hole (laughs) where sex education should be in our country. But what led you guys to get into this profession or in Ashna's case, start this platform? Um, So yeah, tell me your stories. Perfect. I'm going to go first. Uh, So like you mentioned, so I did dermatology and I wanted to be a skin specialist. And I come from a family of surgeons. My dad's a plastic surgeon. um, And he's and uh, he said, oh, don't do surgery, you know, do derm and cosmetic surgery. So that's why I did dermatology. And along with dermatology in India comes this qualification, venereology, which is a very, very very small part and it is sexual health medicine. So we very quickly go through it as a theory, you know, very theoretical STIs and treatment and, you know, stuff like that. And then that's it. You do an exam and your sexual health is done pretty much. Then I moved to Sydney and I desperately was looking for a dermatology job to start with. Um, And to my, uh, you know, disappointment, actually I was really disappointed that I got, I got, a job in sexual health medicine and I did not get any dumb job so I thought you have an entire department an entire job for this venereology and I just didn't understand I thought okay I mean it wouldn't hurt it was such a small part of my education so yes. I thought okay let's go and um, do it so I started doing that that was like 12 years ago and right. I still do that for a living so and I've completely left dermatology behind and I'm absolutely fascinated by the whole sexual health uh, field, not because of the sexual health itself, but more because of the importance that we are trying to give to people. Like, you know, like how important sexual health is, how important the confidentiality and how much shame is associated with, you know, sexual and reproductive health and how people actually need medical practitioners to, you know, support them, guide them, not make them feel um, insulted or shamed and give them the right advice and all that. So this is the kind of job I do here. And I've been doing that for a few years now. And um, I work with youth health here where I 
look at youngsters from 14 years of age. And we actually talk about uh, using condoms, sex. Sometimes I unfortunately have to even terminate because they have become sexually active and they did not you know, get into contraception and things like that. So when I was doing, and as I've been doing this work for a long time, what it made me realize it, isn't it amazing you know, if I had this conversation with someone when I grew up, because I remember, you know, me and my friends, you know, talking about the very couscous and then some people, you know, getting symptoms or, you know, itchiness or something and saying, oh my God, what's going on? You can't talk. It's a very shush, right? You can't talk to anyone. And can you imagine we are all medical students? You know, what about the people who don't know anything about this? You know, and then we used to have people who were missing their periods and, you know, jumping up and down, eating papayas. And you're thinking, <laughs> and, you're, and they're like, oh my God, oh my God, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And this is like a bunch of doctors that I'm talking about. You know, that was our, you know, situation done then, which was, yeah. which is a shame, which is a shame. And, you know, looking at statistics that India has, how much of terminations and unsafe abortions and death we are having because of people, you know, they rather try putting something in and terminating this baby. They rather die than go and tell someone that they're having sex or they fell pregnant. So that is our current situation. And me doing this job, you know, kind of made me realize that this is not okay. You know, I didn't get it as a young girl. Yeah. And to be honest, I got trained in India and I didn't give it back during the training period as well. I, I started seeing a big gap in the training of doctors. Like, for mm -hmm. example, like I said, I very quickly read textbooks, but I never was taught to ask the right questions. Like never asked a 17, 18 year girl or a guy, is your sex consensual? Is somebody actually raping you? Never ask the question. Mm -hmm. Never. And I think... I think that's a big gap. That's that's a shame. I feel like, you know, you're in a position where you could have diagnosed so many sexual assaults, maybe, and even mm -hmm. prevented. But did that's you ask the question? India. It's so yeah. rampant and we don't talk about it. I think exactly. Knows exactly. Every, every girl, literally every girl, including myself, has gone through something which shouldn't have happened, you know? Exactly. And, and you are actually going to a doctor with a symptom. And if that doctor didn't bother to ask you that question or not... I won't even say it's not, it's not a fault, but it's just yeah. the way we are trained. We don't know only, I mean, we don't even like for me, when I started this job, I have to say, you know, my boss came and said, okay, Nivi, I want to see how, you know, you're from India. I want to see how you're doing this, you know, start asking a sexual history. Yeah. And it was a really young person. And for me, I'm thinking sexual history and I'm thinking I can ask the person, yeah, I mean, are you having sex or not? I knew to, I can ask that question. And I was looking at him, I see, what do you mean by sexual history? What is, what else do you like, you know? And then he'd handed me three pages worth of questions mm -hmm. that you can actually ask in a sexual health consultation. And I was really wowed by it. Like from the beginning of, you know, some like, like very beginning starts off with, do you have sex with men, women, or both? You yeah. just break the ice like that, you know, you just want to know whether they're gay, whether they're straight, whether they're that, that question is just broken straight there because that's the most personal, most intimate, very important question. And when I break that ice, yeah, then yeah. every other question is very easy. Then it comes with, have you ever been forced? You know, do you have sex with sex workers? Do you do sex working? Do you use condoms? Do you not do? Do you inject drugs? The, I'm honestly three pages worth of sexual wow. risks. And, you know, amazing. And I thought, wow, that's, that's intense. 
I don't you think know? we've ever heard of anything like that. I want to take this. So I want to take this point to uh, get Ashna into this conversation. Ashna, you're 18 and you're still in college. Tell me if, if things have changed. And I like I didn't get any sex ed. and i remember everybody being so awkward about you know even biology chapters what what is was it any different for you no na it was, i mean when it you know honestly it hasn't gotten much better like even when we were in school in yeah. eighth there is we learned more about plant biology and plant reproduction than actual human beings and this time when like the closest thing you have to sex education is reproduction and that's heterosexual right. reproduction like you know it's like a very heteronormative ideology the way it's put yeah. and it's only like a couple of pages in that's in 9th and 10th grade and the problem was most of us dropped out of science by 9th and 10th grade oh yeah right. so the only people who have access to the the bare minimum is those who decided to pick science i took science i let me tell you i didn't really learn much more than <laughs> nothing <laughs> two pages with like a bunch of diagrams and like This yeah. is what this is. That was it, and then I think in eleventh and twelfth, there is slightly more detail. So I think you have to be eighteen years old or like seventeen years old to finally know what a human body looks like, which yeah. is yeah I think is it's just very weird because we learned with our eyes, nose, mouth, elbows, everything when we were like three years old, but every other part of your body is just like shushed off, saying private parts, and then you're just confused for the next twenty, like you know, fifteen years of your life. So honestly, you know, I will, I will, uh, I will tell you that I, when when I speak to like my parents or my mom or like, none of them had any conversations, you know. So it's not just seventeen, eighteen year old people. I feel like most people aren't in touch with, you know, that side of themselves only because there is no information. There is like again, like maybe that's like there's some shame attached to this entire yeah. subject. Taboo. Yeah, and you know how, uh, like how you've mentioned, Ashna, the whole thing about the whole sex was actually only reproduction. The only reason that was touched base is because that was the way of reproduction. There's not; it's almost like there's nothing more to sex than produce, purely Just reproduce. Exactly. Yes, exactly, exactly. Which is which is a shame. Which is so not true, right? Which is so wrong. There I think itself. Like, like the education system is like so much more that needs to be taught, like consent. Absolutely. body positivity and actual mm. anatomy or all consent yes i think consent is key isn't it even genders and sexualities most kids are just discovering their sexuality throughout and they just closeted and worried because yep. no one tells them that their sexuality is valid because even in schools everything just split into like you know girls and boys like girls sit here boys sit here like you know the bathrooms are separate everything i mean yeah. understandably so but there is so much like everything is just split into two genders so everybody who doesn't fit the binary is just left you know in like do you in- have unisex bathrooms these days or anywhere like you know shopping malls mm-hmm. theaters schools no nowhere mm-hmm. literally nowhere ashna oh, you told me this story why don't you share this with nivedita and and everybody watching what brought you guys together because i think it's a very uh, that's that touching story i think it's uh, you guys took something which was tragic and made something really beautiful out of it you want to do you want to share that definitely so basically with a couple of us we were friends on twitter 
all of us are like these social butterflies you spend like all our time just tweeting and speaking to each other and we're all like strangers we've never met before we were just we just were on the same twitter group chat and um, when the hatras rape case happened we were all like very worried not because of the politics around it but just the fact that like you know there's a new trending rape hashtag every single month and all it is is a hashtag because one literally in the news it's like every single day and every time the hash it's like trending for a couple of hours and then it's gone and then nobody talks about it. so we realized that you know we were just talking and having a regular conversation and then we realized that if sex education was actively put into the education curriculum and if people actually learned what consent was you know what sex education is and everything around it yeah then automatically the sexual assault or rape cases would be significantly low in comparison because people would know what they're doing is wrong in the first place so we just got together quickly and we were just like you know we did like a crazy amount of research and then we just put together this very elaborate tweet explaining why if sex education is introduced what yeah. to how the statistics will drop and uh, the tweet did surprisingly well it almost went viral like a lot of people were retweeting it and we got a lot of comments a lot of dms telling us that we've learned so much from this single tweet yeah. and then we realized that we don't have to wait to be healthcare professionals to be able to educate ourselves because that's going to take a couple of years why waste that time so we just decided to start educating ourselves super actively and then we just all of us from twitter like we've honestly not met but we started working together we split ourselves into departments like social media and um, content and everything we just split ourselves into design this and that and we just started just started like you know ground up and so luckily able to put out some decent content and people are learning so i think that's the bigger picture i guess love this story so amazing that you're using social media to bring together random strangers i mean i guess social media has that ability to bring people from Absolutely. all parts of the world together and you're not even in the same city right we're split between delhi and mumbai i just love that and you said that there's eight girls and there's one guy i really that i want to ask you this also now ashna tell me this why do you think there are more girls in this than boys do you think it's because girls get more affected directly i, I so actually when we started we did have a couple of more members but since like you know the workload is so much you're actually actively putting in so many hours because balancing you know college and academics and everything it was tough so there were a few other guys as well in the beginning but i think it's also to me i think like the third wave of feminism has encouraged women to speak up and finally yeah. embrace their sexualities which and women as a gender have been socially oppressed like historically oppressed for so many years and i think finally when women see other women come out and share their stories and do something it just like you know inspires you like you know that you're not alone i think that's why since we were like you know more women in the organization i think that also comes from like you know simply because like every woman knows that somehow you as you said right something has always happened that shouldn't have happened to everybody yeah it's so very sad but it's true and i think that's one of the reasons uh, uh, that i started this whole thing because i feel like growing up i felt that i did not have that many successful women in positions of power around me and conversations like this happening around me and i felt like i wanted to be a facilitator of that you know bring bring women together have intelligent conversations 
uh, you know, especially about topics that are generally swept under the carpet. Nivedita, do you mm-hmm. see like a gender disparity in sex educators? Yeah, I really, I really have to like because you said about you know women around you and stuff. You know, I actually mm-hmm. grew up at a, at a, you know, an atmosphere where I had so many powerful women around me. I should say, right. like my mother was a surgical oncologist, head of the department, mm-hmm. and we had so many like you know women. Uh, dermatologists like professors and stuff where I got trained and also like I was really close to a lot of women gynecologists who were, who were like very 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 dynamic and very feminist personalities right. saying that their feminism was different they were fighting little battles of their own like for example from an era of where women were not working we're not professionals I think for them being women working professionals head of the department you know being the boss of a few male was powerful enough at yeah. that point even at that point surrounded by all these powerful women yeah. sex wasn't a thing i don't think even these women were at a headspace to talk about sex or not shame those people about sex i think they're they have learned it that way so their conservativeness or what they know about sex is this is how it is you know they didn't pay attention they didn't my mother I, like i said she was you know head of the department and all that but i don't think we ever had that conversation i don't think we ever had it, it's a bit awkward how you know we used to talk in fact she was very like for me it appeared forward because she was this cool mom who used to actually say oh my god i really like that star i like this star you know we used to talk about you know oh the, he's my favorite hero you know yeah. so she was one of those moms who were who appeared forward at that stage when we spoke about you know male heroes and you know said wow in spite of her being a married woman so that itself appeared to me like you know like oh wow because some actually other mothers or women when we're not allowed to, or we're not doing it at that point. You know, you can't be married and you can't say, oh my God, I love that. You can't say that then. So seeing her, I thought, oh, she's so forward. But then now being where I am, I'm thinking could have, you know, there was something that was locked at that stage. And I think we are all now at a different point where we are all able to address that, that was suppressed. And like you said, Rashi, we've all gone through various you know, experience somewhere small or big in our own ways in our lives, where we would have thought some support would have been good or someone to go and talk to, or trust, trust on us rather than question our, you know, morality or anything like that would have been, you know, would have been a big plus is what I felt, you know, Mm -hmm. growing up. And then when I started giving this to other people, that's when I thought, oh my God, how much did I miss and how much people are missing now? Because this is exactly what we need to give back home. And that's what is, you know, very important. Coming to the point of, you know, men and men not doing as much sexual health, I should say my boss is a man and uh, there I work with quite a few of male nurses who do sexual health as well. And and you know what, surprisingly, I should say the number of straight men doing sexual health is very less. Even if people were to do sexual health, sex education, talk about it, most of them are gay men uh, who are actually coming up front wanting to, you know, do this for the rest of them. Uh, it's, it's, it's strange how, um, you know, people who are, like you said, it's, you know, it's interesting. When I ask these questions, the idea is not to say women are better. It's just to kind of 
point out and talk about what the gender disparity is and what could possibly be the reason to look for it and how can yeah. we then reach to a point where it's not that you know well i don't know if we can reach to a point like that but you're right a lot of women do it a lot of women take it take to it and you know they do get into it and i think mm-hmm. women doesn't matter you know what your sexuality is how you identify as there's still a lot of women doing sexual health sexual health work and all of that and there are a handful of men doing it and like i said you know i do find only very few a very very a small bunch of heterosexual men doing sexual health or getting involved in you know this rather than you know more people so i think that does make sense actually because cisgender heterosexual men when when we say in terms of privilege they're at like the top tier of privilege because the like you know statistically the amount of oppression people from the lgbtqi plus community face and women face is significantly higher oh uh i i think that makes sense you know because anybody who's at the receiving end of any kind of suppression or oppression or just any negative effect would would be the one who would want to initiate the change exactly. and like you said i think uh men have been uh, generally uh, the privileged uh, the privileged lot really patriarchal society so they've always been relatively more favored i so i agree and they are the majority as well you know they are not the minority unfortunately so cisgender heterosexual men are majority and uh, yeah so it's it's you're right it's about the privileges in it what doesn't bother them really does you don't want to you don't want to yeah yeah you you're happy where you are so i guess you know okay i want i want to ask you guys and this is a, this is a funny question considering you know we're all grown up people but we're still in an indian context what do your families have to say about uh what you're doing um you know as far as the subjects concerned because we live in a society where kuch awkward aata hai tv pe to people just like quickly change the channel you know and pretend like it didn't happen so then to go up to your like either of you have any uh, questions were any questions asked about this ki ye kyun why this okay so when i told my parents that i'm running an organization called sex education india with like you know a bunch of people they were just like why because <laughs> education is like just because for sex in it i mean my parents are very you know liberal that way they they've never stopped me from doing what what i want to do and everything and i've been relatively very lucky in that department like even today when an article comes out or like you know a newspaper feature comes out or whatever happens and so in so recently uh, i think dr nivedita was part of the article as well live mid article uh, i spoke about masturbation and it's a live it's a newspaper and everybody i know reads the newspaper and uh, i remember i had to like tell my parents that it's going to be okay and then we were all mentally preparing for the article to come out before it actually comes out so they were comfortable and at this point they're happy with what i'm doing they're happy i'm happy with what i'm doing but when it just started and everything i was doing had like you know the concept of pleasure and masturbation and everything like Sometimes do you sorry Ashna do you also feel like it's about safety do you feel you know how they yeah. asked why it's not about it's okay that you're doing it but you're right it's it's probably they are trying to see now how will people react to her or what are they going to say it's like a protective shield as to do you really want to take this step forward and talk about this why can't you just shush and just you know we understand you're very forward yeah we understand we are forward as well but can't we just leave it there why are we why are we stepping up you know it's like 
yeah. protective as well you know as parents to the world like yeah yeah when it comes to stuff like feminism gender equality you know um, all of that it's like super okay because like you know that's like normal it's great yeah. to speak yeah. up yeah. rape cases and sexual assault sexual abuse the legal aspects everything is amazing but when it comes to topics like self pleasure or um, being sexually involved or like you know the lgbtqi plus community i think my parents are cool with it but like in general everybody is like why do you need to talk about this like this is something that has happens happens between closed doors why does anybody else need to know so that thing has always that's the thing right but if we, you don't who will like i mean if we don't who will that's the thing everybody's kind of hoping somebody else does and it's in a way them. in a way no i'm so glad that i'm not so young because if people ask me why i have a lot of answers <laughs> because i'm sure i'm sure you know when i was if i was 18 and if i'm doing what you did hats off to what you're doing honestly that takes a lot of guts so i should say ashnan really like the whole gang fantastic work uh you know for me it's it's like you know yeah you can't ask me why you just try try asking me why <laughs> because because i'm at a different you know i'm at a different stage in my life i have answers to why and i have answers to why not and yeah you know they have been away with us that your parents didn't want to introduce you <laughs> yeah yeah no not my like so my dad Uh, so he always used to introduce me as um, a dermatologist because I finished dermatology and came, and so did my like ex and in laws and everyone. It was just, it was just pride to say, oh, she's a dermatologist because you know it's 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 nice. Um, and a lot of the time, I had to keep telling my dad that you know I don't do dermatology anymore. It's been a very long time. What I actually do is sexual health and HIV and stuff. And even when he he comes here and he does like locum work in Australia as well, so when he's introducing to his colleagues, he says, "Oh, she's my daughter. She's a dermatologist." And people here are asking me, "Oh, really? You're a dermatologist? Whereabouts?" And I'm like, "No, no, I'm not a no, no, I'm not a dermatologist. I'm a sexual health physician, and I work. You know, I do sexual health medicine." And they're like, "Oh, that's fantastic. Whatever." So. it took a while for me to actually convince my dad not to say that she's working as a dermatologist and she you have to start saying that she works as a sexual health specialist you don't have a choice i myself have you know shied off from saying that i work in sexual health in you know public gatherings and stuff like that and i have at times said oh i do infections and i do infectious diseases and i i say stuff like that and i don't mention the word sexual health but then nowadays i'm very like i don't care yeah uh, you know and then there was a point in life when people were saying oh you you do what she's the sex doctor and i'm thinking no no not no no you got it all <laughs> you got it all mixed up <laughs> so so they're all different kind of things and i think even now i should say like you know when i'm talking about either masturbation or like ashna said you know things that are a little bit more feminist based you know because in my page i talk about the norm in india in particular socially exactly exactly yeah. exactly so that's what i do in my page so i talk about a little bit more than sex so i talk about mental health i talk a lot about harassment abuse violence and you know stuff like that so when i'm but sometimes i may i am a feminist yes but i do sound a little bit over defensive as well like you know i don't like people coming back and saying stuff like not all men it really gets on my yeah. nerves kind of situation you know so yeah. in that kind of situation i do say something and then there's there's you know a conversation and people are actually attacking me in the conversation my dad gets worried 
So, you know, so he messages me and he says, do you really want to have this conversation? Why don't you just stop, stop, you know, responding? And then he says, do you want to just block this person? Or uh, he says, do you want to take this post down because people are, you know, attacking you kind of thing. So he gets worried, I think, for me, the way people are reacting. So, but I think, you know, like I said, I don't care anymore. So I think social media has just become like that mind field, you know, it's uh, tolerance mm-hmm. is gone. It's just like this cancel culture is just really uh, absurd to me. Topic of conversation. Tell me, how do you guys go about, you said you go about educating yourselves and even when you're putting out content, like they plus study the subject, you know, but you guys haven't. So how do you educate yourselves and how do you put out the content? Yeah, so like, so every week we're like constantly sharing information, reading, reading, reading. Because I think every time you read something, you go like, wow, I did not know this. Yeah. And we've done a course from this GAB, which is about sexual health and wellness. It was like a really long course. We, so we got that certification done. Yeah. And more than that, I think we've done a lot of unpaid and paid, like, you know, sessions with like a lot of doctors, senior sex educators. I think and we just learn from so many people around us, like, you know, so many other sexual health educators and doctors. We learn so much from them. And we're very lucky when it comes to our content. Um, all of our content is monitored by doctors and healthcare professionals and, you know, other because, you know, the entire industry that way, I feel like when I see sex educators, they're always there for like, you know, if anything happens, they're there for each other because everybody like firsthand knows how it works. Yeah. So, if like it's never really happened but like if at all like you know our content has something that you know somebody might have a problem with somebody or or another in like the next 10 minutes will bring it to our notice and then we will work on that that way so i think we've never i agree i agree with you ashna but i think i think that's what is best amongst us isn't it all of us who are trying to be on the sex ed platform that's what i have noticed as well so we are all following each other we're all looking out and learning from each other's content and I think the minute something looks, you know, some of them are, like you said, um, Rashi, are, you know, done this for a profession, you know, educated themselves for a profession. Some of them are doing it, like you said, out of goodwill. Some of them have certifications and, uh, you know, experience and a lot of things. So the different kind of people who are doing this job, but I think we are all following each other. We've, we've almost kind of got each other's back here because the minute something, even like, even like spelling mistake, I think I did a post on masturbation. And I think, and I think instead of you are, I think I did are you are you and then I got ping, 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 so many people saying that there's a spell check, there's a spell check. So I I had to say, Oh, my God, I had to pull it down. And this is what I'm saying. So there's not there's not really anyone who went on my post and said, Hey, by the way, your spelling is wrong. You know what I mean? There was, there was, there was not any of that. Instead, I had all these people like ping to, you know, saying, Hey, your spell checks, you know, wrong. You know, you've spelled this wrong in slide three or something like that. So people actually watch out for each other, you know, look out for each other. And I think that's very nice. Creating that community is important because we are all doing something out of the norm you know because our end goal is the same we are all working towards the same end goal and i feel like that at least in that way we can support each other you know help each other and what kind of traction are you guys seeing on your platforms Nivedas already told us about the trolls on her <laughs> but is that is the number of trolls higher than the number of people who are thankful for that content what is uh, the response? No, not really. I won't say it is that way because I do have people who are really appreciative of what we yeah. do. Most of it is very appreciative. 
but there are some there are some constantly there are some people who don't who don't suppose for example if when i'm doing anal sex i think most of the time you know with my anal sex post and stuff like that people you know pass really bad comments as to you know this is not a natural way why are you encouraging an unnatural way of sex some people say there is so much like shit you know what you know who you know what kind of doctor i you know stuff like that so there are some things usually i'm very patient because i'm thinking that's all coming from a point of illiteracy no you didn't you didn't educate yourself you don't know about it so sometimes i'm really patient and i actually send my post saying read this read that or i say it's not true i try to but some days i am you know at the edge and i try not to respond and i very calmly ignore the messages right like even with us like whenever somebody says so it happens i remember when we did world's men's day post or something all the men were like um, in the comments they were like okay thank you whatever and the women were all like hyping the men up like you know tagging men in their life that they love and like you know mm-hmm. hyping up but in the women's day post it was just men saying these feminists are going to ruin everything you know um, they want to make everything about themselves like if you actually go through both the posts where there's a post for men's day and there's a post for women's day you will see that women in the and this is just something we noticed i'm not saying that means anything but we were just like when we do a post about men women are happy to see the content and they're hyping the men in their lives up in such a nice way but when we do post on women it's always so many men and not of course not a lot of appreciative men as well but right. in the section there are always so many men who go like um, you know feeling insecure is what i think actually definitely and i think even when we have content that like you know is not heteronormative right it's not just heterosexual sex because at the end of the day we're all working towards not just sex education but it needs to be comprehensive and super yes. no matter inclusive what, yeah no matter what your sexual identity or gender is sex is for you so you know we're all trying to put that forward but then a lot of you know pressed like you know cisgender heterosexuals who've never had to go through anything they go like oh, this is not real this is not valid this and a lot of religious you know sentiments all this i, I feel like they're also scared about losing their position in the society or losing yeah. their patriarchy uh you know the 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 what do you say the control that they've had for many many years and i feel like you know all they what people don't have to take feminism as anti men you know because not, yes because not, feminism feminism is about equality and feminism is actually not anti men and only few of them actually take it really personal and very anti men and they say oh my god this whole bunch of you people you know trying to uh, do this and you're thinking like like what like how you know you guys have been doing this forever so what is that that we asking <laughs> like i don't understand what is it goes we're shaking yeah. the school and that's making some people nervous about what that means because yeah. they've been i think what that it is because they've been in that position they're afraid that feminists are wanting to flip that yes that's yes. not yes we yes yes they're not, not they're, they're not ready to share they're not ready to share so they prefer it always like that isn't it they're not ready for that they're always like that and what they're worrying is it will become like that that is their worry so you know mm-hmm. so it, so it's a fine balance it's hard but well it it should be it will be it will be that one day won't it so i think what a lot of men also fail to understand is their problems are 
the problems that when it comes to like you know not being allowed to wear what you want express yourself the way you want be sensitive cry to be pushed into physical activities like sports and gymming and this and that even if it's not something they enjoy i think all these problems are because of patriarchy as well because people not to do something it's only because that thing is stereotypically feminine so i think i've had a whole conversation with another friend of mine on the negative effects of patriarchy on men and how men are represented in you know media um unfortunately feminism has got such a bad rap that every time i start talking about anything which may even slightly be in that tone i feel like i have an obligation to preface it with yes. i don't hate men i love yes. men like <laughs> i don't i really do men we yeah. need to find equal opportunities and safety for 